Welcome to the Steadfast Podcast, where we as a community of believers dive deep past the waves in this modern world and its culture, into ourselves to find a deeper truth to anchor ourselves to. I'm your host, Braden Singer, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Henry McGowdard. Good evening. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, sorry it's been a little bit, but uh, we're so thankful that we can uh, come back together and have another conversation. And uh, we're just really, really excited for uh, this week and our guests. Braden, would you like to give them a quick introduction? Definitely. So on this episode, we have Cersei Fire Chief Brian Donovan. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Brian Donovan. I'm with the Cersei uh, Fire Department. I've been the chief for almost two years now, but I've been with the department for just over 24 years. So tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your story and your faith walk and how it has affected the person you have become and are becoming. Well, uh, just I've started out really my whole life. I've uh, always attended church. I've never really, I, don't, I can't really think of a time in my life where I wasn't in church. My parents, my mom, she really uh, encouraged me to go. She, anytime the doors were open in our little community, I'm from Brinkley, Arkansas, so that's just uh, the town I grew up in. But my mom, she, uh, like I say, she raised me in church. I had an uncle that was a preacher, and uh, we uh, I basically, anytime the doors were open, I was there. I started out, like I say, uh, when I was young, and I just never really strayed from it, I guess you could say. But uh, that's kind of like my earliest childhood, so um, ended up getting married. Um, we moved to Searcy after, right after, uh, about a year or so after I got married. Uh, joined the fire department here. That was the reason I moved to Searcy was to uh, become a fireman here in Searcy, and we just um, really enjoyed this community because I think it's a actually it's a very strong uh, Christian-based community, and that really drew me here um, because of that. And uh, it's just uh, like I say, I've just really enjoyed being here, and the uh, like I say, this community is very giving community and it, I've just really enjoyed being here and um, just enjoyed my, my job that I have here in my position with the Searcy Fire Department and it's just uh, helped me just to I guess the, the when you're around people of like faith it just makes it a lot easier when you don't have to uh, compete against people that are constantly pulling you away from your beliefs and things like that so being a Christian based community it really really helps you in your walk if you if you want it to that's really true and it is it is such a blessing to have uh, the community of Cersei it's a, like mm -hmm. you were saying it's a very very um, strong uh, faith-based community and mm -hmm. it's and I'm very thankful to have been able to grow up in that um, and you mentioned something earlier it's it's good to have a lot of um, a lot of people with a like mind and like faith and, mm -hmm. and um, being able to strengthen each other like that and I know that um, sometimes within like that kind of community, it can sometimes be hard to, to grow. So um, how have you uh, kind of uh, kept in touch with, with your faith and, and helped it grow uh, further beyond that too? Well, just, uh, just your everyday walk. You know, you, you read the Bible, you, uh, prayer is a big thing. <clears throat> That's where you get your strength. Uh, in, in this community, there's several different um, denominations, you could say, of, of uh, beliefs. I mean, you have strong uh, Church of Christ influence, 
there's a Baptist influence, there's Assembly of God influence. But if you look, I mean, from what I've gathered, I've had friends in all three of them. I worked for a man that was a strong in the Church of Christ, and he never treated me any different because I have a different denominational background. So, I mean, he, he was a very, very kind and very, uh, very nice and good to me when I worked for him, like part-time as a fireman. Uh, well, my days off from the fire department. But, um, like I say, just uh, getting to uh, getting into a good um, church, no matter what it is, just uh, getting involved, just not showing up on Sundays. You have to, uh, just like in anything, you're only going to get out what you put in. Mm-hmm. And that's the same way with your, uh, with your faith. You know, you're not, it's not just about uh, showing up and paying your tithes. It's about getting involved and because uh, you're there as a group to strengthen each other. So if you're not going to get involved in that community or in that um, church community, then you're not going to get much out. I mean, you can go there and just to soothe your conscience to say, I was in church. Mm-hmm. But if you don't get involved and uh, put some effort into your faith and what you believe in, then you're just end up you're just going to be weaker. And you're not going to be a strong person when somebody needs something to come to you and ask. You just won't have it to give if you don't, if you're not, you know, studying and, uh, like I say, keeping your knees on the ground in prayer. Mm. I really, really like that. And I think uh, one of my favorite things that you said there is we get our strength from prayer and that connection Mm -hmm. with God, talking to God and having him talk back to us, you know, uh, through scripture and, and through our lives, just being able to, to listen to what he tells us and be able to just walk with him and talk with him as the song says, you know? Yeah. And um, I really, really like that because I feel like consistency is something that can be kind of hard to to um, hold on to sometimes yeah. in, in a spiritual walk. Mm-hmm. It is. You have uh, a lot of times things come up against you. You know, we're, we're taught that... Uh, in our Christian life, there's going to be things that come against us that, and some people, and uh, may question, you know, why is this happening to me? I mean, I go to church, you know, I read my Bible and all this, but He never promised that it would be roses every day. That's We're going right. to be tried just like a person that's never in church. And all the, the thing is that we have when we get tried, we have that faith that God is listening to us and He's holding us, and that we've got to. We see a light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to, we're going to go through trials. I've been through trials, and I've thought to myself, "Is this ever going to end?" You know, I've had ups and downs, but uh, if we want to be a light for the community, we have to be, you know, strong in our faith, and we have to, like I say, be consistent. If somebody comes, if they, if somebody's looking at you, and you may not even know it, I've had people come to me before and said, "I mean, I appreciate." what you did here I appreciate the life you live and uh, I'm thinking well you've not paid real good attention because to me I'm thinking I'm up and down but uh, if you want to be consistent you don't want somebody you never know who's looking and you don't want them to see you high one day and low the next day this up and down um, we want to our faith ought to be based on what Christ his promises and what he's promised us and not by our circumstances circumstances are going to change mm-hmm. you're never going to keep have the same circumstances but the one 
solid, the one true thing is that God's always there. Jesus died on the cross for us. No matter what happens to us in this life, at the end, you stay true to Christ and you've asked him for forgiveness. You've asked him to be your Lord and Savior. You've, made, you've got that promise that when it's all said and done, you're going to be with him. And the short hundred years that you may live on this earth is nothing compared to the eternity afterwards. That's exactly right. So. That's exactly right. And I really, really like what you what you were saying there. You set up the two, uh, you set up like two parts of the Christian faith. That is, um, the first part is where we get our strength from, which is from God. And how do we get that consistency? It's from God. And just you know, like you were saying, walking and talking with Him, and being consistent in, in that relationship and treating it like it is a relationship. You know, because like with earthly relationships, if you don't talk to each other, if you don't listen to each other, if you don't spend time with each other then it's not going to develop. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with the spiritual relationship, you know, just yeah. having a little bit of time every single day to talk, walk and talk with God. So that's where we get our strength from, our spiritual strength of just being in touch with God mm-hmm. and then using that strength and applying it yeah. to what we do and how we live our life and getting involved with the church and the community and serving mm-hmm. other people and yeah. showing our, our faith through our actions, you know? Yeah. And that's... Um that's true on that and just your uh, like you were talking about are the consistency part and in your prayer you know it's not that you you're all right I have to pray 30 minutes every day I have to pray an hour every day to me it's like you say it's a relationship it's uh, sure I do pray in the mornings I pray you know when I get to work I set first thing I do is set aside a few minutes to to pray for the guys circumstances that they may come up against I pray for my family uh, pray for our country I pray for our local and state governments the people that even though I may not have say if I didn't vote for Biden I may not have you know I still have to he's still the president I still have to pray that no matter what he does that the Lord's hand is going to take control he's going to be he's in control whatever happens the Lord can make anything good out of anything negative that may happen, you know. So, but uh, it's not just uh, that prayer in the morning, but it's also walking the whole day. That you know, some, just just walking down the down the hall, say, just thank you, Lord, just for for being there, or thank you for the blessings that you give me to be able to have one more breath, you know. Just any, just just a constant, just keeping Him on your mind. It doesn't have to be I'm praying out loud or on my knees the whole time, but it's just having that presence to to say thank you or just uh, just that him being on your mind through the day, you know, just certain times of the day, just have him on your mind. And he and he that's like to me that's having a relationship, not just praying that thirty minutes and then don't even think about him the rest of the day, but pray pray in the morning, read your scriptures, you know, and um, just have him on your mind through the day, asking him to be there for you the whole day, asking him that. Uh, to me, there's decisions I have to make that affect the rest of the men on that department. So I just ask that the Lord impress upon my heart that the decisions I make are correct, that I take the time to think about others and how it's going to affect others. And uh, I hope I do that. I know, and then I say, Lord... I'm carnal, I'm a man, if I make a mistake, make the most of it, you know, that kind of, 
you know, just be, he, he, he wants us where we're at. You know, he didn't, uh, came to save all of us. He, uh, he didn't ask that you be perfect before you got saved. You know, if you look in the Bible, the majority of the time he was going to these, uh, to the harlots. He was going to the, uh, tax collectors he was going to the people that nobody else would be around the lepers and that's who he went to because he knew they were the ones well, he, he knew everybody needed him but he really wanted us to get the, the understanding that you don't have to be perfect to become a child of God right. you all you have to say is yes to me and then I'll take it from there I will teach you you know so I think that's what uh, my pastor, we've, we've had services where we, uh, a lot of times we as Christians, you know, we, we have this thing, we go out and we win people in, and after we get them in church, we say, well, we've got them in church, we've got them saved, now what? You know, that's where we have to, as a church family, where we have to take them in and, and teach them. That's just the beginning. You know, it's not just put them on the pew and they're coming to church, but they're going to go through things that they don't, that they've never gone through before while they're Christians. So that's where we have to get them in, you know, teach them, learn, be, become their friends, become their mentors, and just uh, be a, to make a help, try to help them become a stronger Christian that it just kind of steamrolls. You, you bring your kids up, you teach them the way they should go, and then you have faith that what you've taught them is, is right and that they've, they've taken it in and then maybe and then when they have kids they'll do the same thing you just want to try to create a that's a, a uh, I don't really know what's how to say you just want to create a an atmosphere to where they can learn and where they can grow and then hopefully they'll they'll learn from that and they can just continue the tradition and keep that same thing to grow even stronger Christians on down the line of stronger people of faith Absolutely, absolutely, and <clears throat> sorry, I think something that um, I was kind of thinking of while you're talking about that is there very much is a difference between check checklist Christianity and relationship Christianity, mm-hmm. and I think that a lot of times um, we can get into this mindset as Christians of checklist Christianity of I'm going to read my Bible, check, I'm going to pray my morning prayers, check, I'm going to go out and try to win people over for Jesus, check, but mm-hmm. The whole point of that is not to fill a box. It's not to say, oh, I've done this so I can go to heaven. No, that's mm-hmm. not the whole point. Mm-mm. The point of eternity and going to heaven, it's not that heaven is so perfect by itself. Heaven is perfect because God is there, you know? Yeah. And the whole re- the whole reason of heaven being perfect is because it is eternity in the presence of God. Yeah. But the thing is, eternity starts here on earth. And mm-hmm. so if you don't want to spend time with God here on earth, why would you want to spend time with him in heaven? Exactly. You know? Yeah. And so if we look at it with that perspective and specifically, you know, the walk with God being a relationship and then mm-hmm. looking how we treat that and then reflecting that in how we treat other people too, you know, because yeah. I think that sometimes as Christians, we can get in this mentality of I'm going to win people over for Jesus because that's another, you know, it can be mm-hmm. another checklist thing. As horrible as mm-hmm. it sounds, it's true. Sometimes we we just kind of want to, to win people over and we don't actually care about, you know, actually having them as a brother or as a sister. Give me another jewel in my crown. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) They're they're not just jewels Mm -hmm. in a crown, but rather, you know, brothers and sisters and and siblings Mm -hmm. in Christ, you know. And so 
I really, really like what you said there about making sure that we have uh, not just, you know, that we're not just fishers of men, but we take care of them, you know, and mm-hmm. that we, um, that we, of course, it's important to be fishers of men, and of course, yeah. it's important mm-hmm. to, to be that influence in the, in the real people in, and um, so that they can, you know, experience the, the truth of, of God's word and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But then even before that, Jesus also calls us to take care of the people that are new yeah. to the faith, and even the people that have been in the faith for, um, for many, many years, you know, and yeah. just having that that community and that brotherhood and, and that um, spirit of service. Exactly. Spirit of service mm-hmm. to, to take care of each other and to take care of, of the community as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that. I mean, it's as a church, that's, uh, we shouldn't be looking to what can the community do for us or what can getting this person in our church do for us, but what can we do to, you know, to serve them? Uh, I think that's one thing, like in the fire service, that I really like. It's a, it reminds us that we are servants, and I, I relate that a lot to my Christian faith. That if um, if I can't serve somebody, then I mean, what good am I? I mean, it's to have a good fire service. You have to have men that have a heart of caring, have to care for others, have to care for the community, and uh, like I say, my Christian walk. That's that's the big thing too, is having that spirit of service to serve others. That's what Christ did his whole time. Mm-hmm. He didn't, I may correct me, but I don't think that he ever in the whole New Testament say anything, what can you do for me? I mean, all I can remember, the only thing I can think of is every time, what can I do for you? How can I help you? You know, I can heal your eyes. I can <clears throat> give you the bread. I'm, I'm the bread of life. Let me get partake. Let me <clears throat> impart into you what, what I am, you know, it's a, he's always giving, and then he gave the ultimate sacrifice. So, and that just uh, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to serve others and to be Christ-like. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's I fail daily. I mean, that's just my human nature. But that still shouldn't we shouldn't dwell on our failures. We should. I mean, the Lord when he he forgives us, he said he cast that away. Mm-hmm. He forgot about it. So. If you make mistakes, ask for forgiveness, throw it, forget about it, and have a short memory and go on. You know, ask for what can I do now? I, I can't do nothing about that past. If I've wronged somebody, I can ask for forgiveness and and try to make it right. But ultimately, I just got to go on and still try to do what I can to continue to serve and to write what I can. You know, and just say just serve. And try to be that. Uh, that person that someone can look to and uh, you can help. So. That's really true. And that, you know, it just, it reflects the heart of God, like you were saying, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it very much is, um, you know, we serve a God who is more concerned about what we do rather than what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's so refreshing, especially in, uh, today's culture where, you know, one mistake and you're done, it almost seems yeah. like, you know. And I don't think mm-hmm. that's new because if we look back in the in the New Testament, you know, in Jesus' day too, mm-hmm. it was if you make one mistake, you know, you're done. You know, yeah. you, you were seen as a sinner or a tax collector, fill in the blank. <laughs> but the beautiful thing is that Jesus came mm-hmm. and he went to those guys, like you were saying. He went to the people that society had cut off, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And he offers the same thing for everybody, yeah. you know. He says, 
I don't care what you've done. I don't care about the mistakes of your past. I don't care about the sins. I don't care what other people see. I created you and you have an amazing purpose. And I can give you a new start at life. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that's exactly what we're supposed to do too now. You know, is to go out and tell people, um, you know, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you used to be because you can be someone brand new today and you can be that person that you want to be and you can Mm -hmm. be the person that God designed you to be. And all you got to do is stop looking at the past and saying, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And realize that that's been cut off. That's been Mm -hmm. forgiven and paid for, you know, not only is that just forgotten, God straight up he came down from heaven <laughs> yeah and paid the price so that you don't have to mm-hmm. you know it's not just that he was just like oh it's not there anymore he sees it that's there mm-hmm. and he cares enough that he went down and he paid it himself so that it doesn't even matter anymore mm-hmm. and so you know that just kind of leads into what are we gonna what's what's tomorrow looking like what's today looking like mm-hmm. and, you know and that's just it's amazing that we serve a god like that yeah i look at uh when you talk about failures, look at the look at David. I mean, he was he said he has a uh, David has a heart after me or my heart, a heart after my own heart. His heart, you know. Uh, he uh, he was loved. God loved David, but I mean, he made some terrible mistakes. But he he was one of those he asked for forgiveness. He didn't just. I mean, he dwelled on him some. I mean, he had to get woke up a few times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he he come to the end of his rope. He was sitting there, a king hiding, you know, from scared to death. And finally, you know, he just asked the Lord, you know, you know, forgive me. And um, and he just that's what he did. He had a penitent heart. He stayed. He asked for forgiveness. He 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 made mistakes, but he didn't dwell on them. You know, he asked for forgiveness and went on. And uh, that's what he, when he died on that cross, he, he knew we was going to fail. He knew we was going to make mistakes, but he gave us a way to ask for forgiveness, you know, and to, uh, and he would forgive us. So we don't have to dwell on our mistakes. We can just forget about them and go on and do, do the best we can from that point on. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that reminds me of, uh, I read somewhere, I can't remember where exactly, but um, whenever Jesus said, it is finished on the cross, he actually spoke a, uh, the Greek word. Uh, it was a Greek accounting term. The word was tetelestai, which is a double meaning of it is finished or paid in full. Yeah. So, you know, that's, and that's exactly, you know, he knew exactly what he was doing and he knew that, you know, we're going to be imperfect and he, he presented that way so that we can still find perfection we can still chase after him that's true so if you could sum up your life in one word what would it be and why does that word resonate with you it would that was one you know with i'd looked at it earlier and you think what what is one word and i'd have to say is blessed Um, because i i mean to me blessed is him just giving you what you don't deserve because uh, there's nothing we can do. Our works are a filthy rags compared to his perfect will, his perfect, just him being as perfect as he was for the sacrifice he gave. And he, uh, there's no way I deserve 
the position I have, and most, and I sure don't deserve the wife I have. I have an awesome wife. I mean, she just stays by me no matter what. I mean, she's uh, she raised our, we raised, but she, I give her all the credit for our kids and how they've turned out because she, she stayed on them. She, she's one. I mean, she just really, I don't know. It's hard to explain unless you, unless you've been married and have a wife and. If you know, you just—it's hard to understand how you can uh, draw close to your wife. I mean, she's one with me, so that's how God designed it for us. But uh, yeah, that's—I'm I'm blessed. That's the best I can, uh, best word I can compare it to is um, from me just being. There's nothing I've done that I deserve what the Lord has done for me. So I would say blessed is the one word I could really. That I could say is <laughs> is it. So tell us what does spiritual leadership mean to you? It's a uh, kind of like what I talked uh, talking about earlier. It's just uh, just dwelling in His presence, uh, just being conscious of what the Lord would want, having uh, a spirit of service, servanthood to where. Uh, decisions I make as a leader are uh, led by God that's one you know that's one of the reasons I pray Lord make the decisions I make today let them be led by you impressed upon my heart when I do make decisions that they're consistent with what would your will would be because you have to um, you have to you've got with my position there's like I say there's not just the men there at the department that a lot of times is affected but the public uh, decisions that we make as a department um, they will affect the public in some way because it's like I say we are involved with the public so much in the community so I would say uh, just uh, having the Lord you know just impress upon my heart on the decisions I make just having being conscious of what the decisions I'm making that they don't they're not they don't mean anything they do every decision you make no matter how minor you think they are has, a, has an effect on others and just realizing that and not taking it for granted that the decisions you make don't mean anything because they do at some point they they, they affect somebody so always try to make the decision think about it, no matter how minor it is ask the Lord to lead you you know and ask for like I say every day ask for wisdom ask for knowledge you know Solomon had a I ask for, I don't even ask for just Solomon's wisdom. I ask for the Lord for the wisdom that he would have for me to have and the knowledge to apply that wisdom, you know. So just things like that. I mean, just stay understanding of what your decisions are and know that they will, they can and most likely will affect somebody else. And that, that I think that gives you more, that makes you pay attention more to what you're doing, the decisions that you make. That's really, really great. And I think that echoes... Um, very strongly with the concept of humility um, mm -hmm. and being able to to say yeah. it's not that you know I don't I don't have all the answers mm -hmm. you know but saying God just show me today where I need to walk where I need to go leave me in decisions big and small yeah and I think that that's I, I think you hit it right on the head there I think that's um, really really important to, to just in order to lead we have to surrender mm -hmm. and a lot of times uh 
I'm like getting back. I'm also uh, blessed by the men that I have. I've, there's the men in that in our department. I mean, I'm amazed at the level of intelligence they have in the areas that they're. I've got some very sharp guys that really know what they're doing, and I, I listen to them. I pay attention to their opinions. Ultimately, I have to make the decision, but that don't mean I can't listen to every one of their opinions and weigh them and uh, make sure that or, or see that they, like I say, sometimes they have some awesome ideas that I never would have thought of. You know, they they were raised maybe a little bit different or they had been in different situations that I haven't been in, so they would they would know certain areas better than me. And uh, like I say, I'm lucky to be where I'm at and lucky to have the people I have around me. Because that really, that's that's the uh, the best thing I can say. I have some awesome people around me that really makes my life a lot better. So what is, what, what is the most important trait a Christian can have? I think a spirit of servitude, a, a spirit of service. I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. That was the example Christ gave us was to uh, to serve others, just like uh, the last we were this uh, this week. Our church went to uh, Branson to see Jesus. I recommend that to anybody. It was very good. But in the uh, in the Bible, the Last Supper, where he washed the feet of the uh, of the disciples. I mean, that's the if you think about it, that was something that was given to the lowest person in that house. The uh, lowest servant was the one when men would come in during that time. You know, they were all in sandals, you know, barefoot sometimes, and they'd walk the roads they walked on. You had animals, you had, you know, dung, you had all kinds of stuff they stepped through. So their feet were filthy. And he took the place of the lowest servant in the house and washed all their feet to, just to kind of show them an example, give them an example as no one is too good to serve. And you have to be, you have to serve if you want to be with me more or less. I mean, you got to, if you want to be, if you want to follow my example, this is my example, serve others. Do the, do the things that nobody else will do and you'll win I mean, you'll, he, I guarantee you he changed hearts that day when he washed their feet. He changed some hearts even in that. They had followed him for those three years, three, three and a half, three so years. They seen a lot of stuff. But when he did that, that's when I think it really resonated with them. We have to serve everyone, have to serve to, uh, to really get the full experience of the relationship with Christ as being a servant. Absolutely. <clears throat> and I think that it's it's so ironic too, because while Jesus is humbling himself and he's he's literally washing the dirt and crap off of their feet, mm-hmm. they're arguing about who's the greatest. Yeah, you know. And, and I think just, that's one reason why. I think that's kind of played into it. They're saying it's not about who's the greatest. You know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I think that you know it's especially in our culture today there is. Um, there is a drive to be the top dog or, or mm-hmm. be the the best of the best, and there, it's good to have ambition and it's good mm-hmm. to to uh, want to to be successful in that type of thing. But 
it's more important also of what we do to get there, you know? Mm -hmm. And in the eyes of Jesus, the person who is at the top is the person who's washing feet, is the person who, um, who is, who's taking the jobs that nobody else wants to have, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and the, and the people that, that take the responsibility that other people don't want to, Mm -hmm. so that other people don't have to, Yeah, you know? And I think that that, I think you're exactly right. I think servant servitude is is one of the most important characteristics a Christian can have because it, that is the heart of God. Yeah, it is. I'm, I agree with you there. So what is the biggest lesson you have learned from being a young adult? Hmm. Biggest lesson from being a young adult. Just... Uh, treat people the way you'd want to be treated I mean uh, don't look down on anyone because uh, you never know uh, you never know how the, what that person's going through you don't know uh, that someday they may be your boss you know you treat people horrible then someday you you just uh, you never know they may be you never know what they'll uh, end up being you know, it's kind of like Joseph, you know, and uh, and his brothers. You know, they <laughs> threw him away, more or less, into slavery, and he ended up being their 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 boss or say ended up being their savior. I guess you could say by taking care of them. But uh, you just never know. Take care of those around you. If you can help somebody, help them. Uh, if you have the ability to help, then then do it because you never know when that might come around that you need help. I really agreed with that because you know that's that's Jesus is helping others out Mm -hmm. and going to the lowest of the low and talking to them and helping them and it's not about putting somebody above you or Mm -hmm. or any of that Mm -hmm. that's exactly right and I think that you know is especially looking at our our society today how much Mm -hmm. how much better would our society be if we just followed that one rule you know um, we look all over the news. We see it all over, you know, everywhere. People are just so self-focused. You know, they're very, they're afraid, they're hurting, and they can't see past their own pain. They can't see past their own fear, and they can't realize that, you know, we're all human beings, and we're all, we all have those, yeah. those emotions. We all have those feelings, and if we could just, you know, take the time to treat people like Jesus did. And just say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna treat you like this because that's the way I want to be treated, and that's the way that I believe God wants mm-hmm. me to treat you. Mm-hmm. You know, I guarantee you there would be so much less hostility, there'd be so much less violence, there'd be a lot mm-hmm. less confusion, and I think people would have a more more of a trust of each other. Yeah. You know, we have like in you can't watch a commercial that uh, it's not about me. It's all about. Uh, how can I get ahead or how uh, how can I be first it's uh, you just uh, that's just how society is right now it's it's all about you know me and you don't see any very rarely do you see something where someone is helping somebody else you may have it every once in a while but uh, the majority of the commercials it's all about how can I get to the top and I'm really not worried about who I step on to get there mm-hmm. you know it's just about Getting, getting, like I say, getting to the top. 
and we, uh, I think as a society as a whole, I mean, I grew up playing baseball when I was in little, and uh, I, first two years I ever played, I, uh, I don't think we won a game. Uh, didn't get a trophy because I didn't, I mean, it was just for participation, and uh, I didn't, so, I mean, that was a, today it seems like we, as a society, we set our kids up for failure by not teaching them early that you can't always win. Mm -hmm. You know, you, there's not always a prize for winning. I mean, for, for not winning. So um, it's, so if you're always all the way up through your life, even if you don't practice or if you don't, you just show up for games, but all you did was play video games all day. You didn't practice, and then you get into the game, and you didn't win. But at the end, hey, I still got a trophy because I participated. Um, when kids get grown, get out of school, and they start applying for jobs, then and if they don't get it, then to me that's just they don't they not failed. You have failures part of life. I've failed many times, and failure—that's how you grow. When mm -hmm. you when you fail, then then you either you learn to change. If I did this and I failed, then something needs. To, I need to change something in my life, whether it be go get an education, go get uh, work harder at this one thing, and then try again. And then this time I may get it, but it's just because you apply or just because you show up doesn't mean you get something, you know. Mm -hmm. You have to, and it's just a, like I say, you have, we have to teach our kids that you don't always get what you want. I mean, because mm -hmm. it's not going to happen when you, when you get out there on your own. You, uh, you work hard, and then that's how you get to where you want to be. You work hard, you, you, uh, do the things that are right. You take care of people. I, I'm, I'm big on karma. I mean, if you you do what's right, you treat people right, like Christ. I mean, he treated people. I mean, he he got mad a few times. He turned a few tables over he did. <laughs> when things wasn't right, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, oh, but overall, he he cared for people. He took care of people, and just like in us, you take care of people. You do what's right. You work hard and. Um, it may take longer because he didn't promise it would be instant. They didn't have instant potatoes, instant grits, and all that back then. You know, it, it took some time to to do stuff. I mean, it wasn't. It's not a microwave society like like it is now. You just have to just realize you do what's right, and you may not see it. It may not pay off right when you want to, but it'll pay off in God's time. He's got His time, mm -hmm. and you'll find out if you wait on God. Do what's right. Do what, do what you're supposed to do, and then it'll, in his timing. I, I can give you an example. Uh, just me with the being the fire chief. Um, you know, I'd pray. You know, Lord, uh, give me the opportunity to be the chief. I mean, that was something I'd pray every night. Lord, I thank you for giving me the chief position. You know, I, I thank you that. Well, our chief at that time left, and me and the the, our training officer both applied for the same position. Well, he got it, and I, I ended up getting his position as a battalion chief. 
and I come and I, you know, I come to understand. I said, well, I mean, he's younger than me. He was younger than me, and he, uh, he had a very. I mean, he he'd done work. I mean, he had a master's degree. He was a executive officer and that kind of stuff. And uh, but he got it, and I said, Lord, I mean, if it's your will, I'm going to do the best at this position that I'm in now. And I said, Lord, if you just if you see the opportunity, I do want to be a chief someday. I want to be the chief someday. And I, you know, I just pray that. And, I mean, it wasn't even a year. I mean, it come, I'd done, I was under the, I was just uh, pretty much made my mind up and said, I don't want to leave Cersei. This is where I want to be. I love this community. And, I'm, Lord, I'm content with what I'm doing now, and I want to do my best at it. And, uh, but it wasn't. Three or four months, and then our chief got an opportunity to go to another department, and it was just like the doors just opened. But it wasn't my timing because I wasn't ready at that time. Because I learned so much in that year from the chief that had a lot of the education and had been in a position like that before, and he didn't realize he was teaching me, but I was watching what he was doing. I was seeing how he was running things, and. Uh, and that really helped me as far as like budgetary stuff, uh, and then I, you know, uh, being able to uh, talk to the men and and just think. So it was just little things that I was growing along in that Latin that one year. That I mean, if I had taken it before, I wouldn't have. There's certain things now that I would have done different. That since I learned from him, it, it made it easier on my transition to become chief, and the decisions I make now, I understand why. He made some of the decisions, and I mean, it just helped me. It, it that year really helped. I mean, I was disappointed, but uh, I realize now it was God's timing because I learned so much. I learned more in that one year by watching him and being in the position I was in then, being able to see it, than I did, you know, for five or six years at the at the, the level I was at. So that's really true, and I think that. Um, that I think being content where we're at is something that God really, really emphasizes too. Because I know in my life there have been uh, multiple instances where I, I thought, like, yep, this is the way it's going, you know, and, and God just straight up told me, nope, we're not doing that. And I was angry about it, and I, I kind of like, you know, but, you know, eventually I came around to, to the idea of, like, you know what, this is God's plan, you know, and God's mm -hmm. plan is is what's right for me and and um and so I, I i think you're exactly right and specifically through those times of holding us back until we learn to trust him yeah you know he wants to make sure that we are the people that we need to be to be in those positions mm -hmm. you know yeah. and so i think that you know a lot of times whenever god kind of holds us back from places that we really want to go and helps us develop and learn those types of things he's preparing us for something Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and um, and I'm so glad that you said that. I was having a conversation with uh, a buddy of mine last night, actually, mm -hmm. and he mentioned something. I, uh, I I might mess up the quote here, but uh, he said sometimes God wants to see that we can bloom before He's ready to plant us somewhere else. And I think that that's exactly correct. I think mm -hmm. that um, He it, it's important for us not so much to be focused on our circumstance, but our reaction mm -hmm. to our circumstance. Yeah. And trust him in any circumstance. Yeah, exactly. And I 
kind of like in promotions and stuff that I do, I have a bunch of good guys, so it's real hard <laughs> a lot of times in promotional type processes to uh, to pick. I mean, because I may have five guys, and I won't go wrong with either any of them. So, but um, when you do, a lot of times when I'm looking at that, I'm, I'm thinking of the this guy may do this job better, but this guy did it right. I, I, the way I see it, if you if you cannot do the job that you're in right now and you don't put the effort in them, then even though you may be able to speak a little better, why would I put you in a higher position when you're when you don't try at what you're at? And this guy may try hard. He gives it everything he's got. He may not be as talented as this guy, but but he really puts in the effort. And, and me, I always lean towards that guy that's going to give me the effort and that does it right or gives it his all compared to somebody that just does enough to get by every day, you know. This is, this is the three things that I have to do, so I'll do those three, but I'm probably not going to do much else. And this guy does those three, and then he does six or seven more things that it's not in his job description, but he, he puts the effort, and that's the guy I respect, and that's the guy um, that I promote. That's how, I, and I've explained that to him the guys up front, you know, I said, this is, you're uh, interviewing for your next position every day you're at work. It's not just the last six months before a promotion, how well you score on a test. It's every day you show up to work, you're, 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 you're uh, trying out for the next step up. And some of them take that to heart and do work hard. And you have some that, I mean, they do a job, but I mean, they do, like I say, just enough to get by, but in the long run, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that guy that really gives it his all. I wish I knew more about, like when I hire people, I wish I had that same, knew them, <laughs> knew them as well, because that is one of the hardest jobs you'll ever do is hiring somebody, not knowing anything about them. Mm. Because inter I, we've interviewed people and it's, uh, Man, they give awesome interviews, and then you get them on the job, and you're thinking, "Did we interview you?" It's not the same guy, <laughs> you know. So that's uh, that's where we hopefully we know people that know them and that we can trust their opinions on them. And that's sometimes you get those, and sometimes you just gotta say, "Lord, uh, just give me the right guy." And that's the best way to do. It. I mean, that's the <laughs> he uh, unless he's got a sense of humor that day, but. <laughs> but anyway yeah that's that's a, that's the thing I mean you just gotta like I say give it your all in whatever you do mm, that's really true I think as Christians we need to I mean we have a calling you know to do more than just enough yeah. you know to be more than just okay so mm -hmm. to say mm -hmm. and I think that you know that having that uh, that intentionality about us and carrying that into every aspect that we do in our life, you know, yeah. and carrying it in our in our faith walk and carrying it in our jobs and everything that we do, I think that that talks about the spirit permeating into us into every fiber of our being, you know, mm -hmm. and um, and so I think that you're exactly right, you know, a, a really good mark of of a Christian is what is their attitude like, you mm -hmm. know. Um, are they are they thinking of themselves as blessed? Is every day a blessing, or is every day a burden? You know, mm -hmm. and you know if if you're if you're thinking that your life every day is a burden, then you know I would I would 
you know, I would encourage you to, to start asking, why? Why is that? You know, mm-hmm. why do you think that every day is a burden? Or is there something in your life that is causing you a lot of stress? Is there something in your life that's, that's weighing you down? And then I would say, give that to God and just pray mm-hmm. about it, you know, and, yeah. and maybe, maybe you need to, to start taking care of that relationship again. Or maybe you've never had that relationship before. Maybe you're, you're really wanting something. Maybe you're feeling alone or lost or anything. And I think that the best thing that you can do is just pray and just say, mm-hmm. you know what, this is how I'm feeling. You know, this, mm-hmm. is, this is what's on my heart. This is what's on my mind. And I don't want to be this. Um, whether that's I don't want to be this anymore and it's the only thing you've ever known or if it's just a phase or something like that just give it to God and he wants to he wants to give you an abundant life and he wants to give you fullness of the spirit he wants to give you that drive to be more than okay more Mm -hmm. than just making it by and uh, so for any any of our listeners if you have any questions or concerns anything about that or if you have anything on your mind or your heart anything that you want us to pray for uh, just message us. We'll be more than happy to, to talk with you and, and to pray with you. And um, I would just, I really would encourage you just pray and open up the Bible and, and he will reveal himself to you. Mm-hmm. And he will give you that, that spirit and that, that desire to live. Yeah. I agree with that. Live like you have a purpose. Mm-hmm. That uh, be a light for someone. Uh, I'm, uh, when I go into to a room if there's people I don't know um, I tend to kind of move to people that have a smile on their face you know that it seems like they enjoy life and that's what I want if I want to impress on somebody if I want somebody to be encouraged by my life then I have to act like I'm enjoying my life you know I have to enjoy them and not act like I'm enjoying I have to really enjoy it and the only joy, true joy, comes from Jesus Christ. Amen. And that joy in your heart. I mean, you can be happy. Circumstances can make you happy, but true joy comes from Christ. And uh, if you have Him in your heart, no matter what the circumstance is, you can be, you can just be getting fired from a job, but you can still have joy because you have Christ in you, and you know it's going to work out. It's going to be okay. There's just, there's something better around the corner. Mm-hmm. You know, so just uh, ask for joy in your heart. Uh, and like I say, Christ to give you it. If you ask for it, he will give you, you know, what you ask. It may, it may not be a an Audi or a Mercedes Benz, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he, he's going he's gonna to give you what you need. Mm-hmm. It may not always be what you want, but he's going he's gonna to take care of your supply, your need. And just... Uh, like I say, you have to be consistent. Pray. Like I say, keep that relationship with God. And I think if you have a true relationship with God, you'll have that joy mm-hmm. that you need. And like I say, circumstances will come and go, and you'll be able to be, like I say, you'll have joy and happiness through the highs and the lows. And hopefully more more highs. You know. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And notice he didn't say that your life is going to be easier, your life is going to be no. a cakewalk. No, <laughs> no, but he will give you joy and he mm-hmm. will he will keep you content through that. Because he, He'll he see will you be, through. That's exactly right. He'll be all that you need. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I was going to say, I, I grew up uh, 
say, some people say on the, I grew up kind of like on the wrong side of the tracks. I wasn't uh, blessed with, I always had food, I always had clothes on my back, had a roof over my head. Uh, my dad was a farmhand, my mom was worked at the local newspaper, or she still does actually, after 60 years she's been working, still doing it. But um, didn't have everything I wanted, but I had I had my basic needs. I mean, I wasn't the biggest house, wasn't the prettiest house or nothing like that, but I did, I was in church and we were happy. I had joy in my heart. So uh, I know uh, my mom didn't always have everything at the that we needed every time, but I never knew it. I, I never knew that I didn't have what we needed. Uh, but the Lord, I mean, he just, so I know what it's like to be, not to have everything you want. And I know what it's like to have, not everything, I still don't know what to have everything I want, but I mean, <laughs> I, I know I, the Lord has blessed me with so much now, two healthy, wonderful kids and a wonderful wife and uh, a good church family, people I can trust and talk to that I know when I tell them something, uh, it's, it's, that's as far as it goes. You know, I don't have to worry about somebody else knowing about what I talk to them in confidence about. And that's, man, that's, that's awesome to have. So, I, like I say, I'm a, a blessed person because of that and because of Jesus Christ that uh, has taken care of me through the years. And I pray and I know I have faith that he'll keep doing it. I want to thank you for being on the podcast. It's mm-hmm. a true, welcome. true honor. Thank you so much. And thank Amen. you for everything that you do for the community and, uh, and the welcome. job that you that you do such a great job at. Well, thank you. And I, uh, I really uh, appreciate this opportunity. And uh, I think it's awesome that you are doing this and putting this out there for the, you know, for people to be inspired and to uh, maybe, you know, help somebody. And it's a very good. And I really, really appreciate y'all doing this. It's a, it's really helpful and uh, hopefully it'll get out and really reach people and touch people and someday you'll see what it's somebody will come to you and tell you that they were touched and led to Christ through it this has been the steadfast podcast we will see you next week out